And we are live. <laughs> What's up, everyone? I'm in a mood today, meaning zero Fs given. See, I can't curse in the first 30 seconds of the video or YouTube demonetizes it or some shit like, fuck. Oh, well, I'm broke. What can you do? Come on in. It's Friday. It's like 4.40 Pacific time. What's the date, man? June 30th, the year of our Lord, 2023. And uh, zero fucks for today's show. So we'll talk about anything you want and you'll get whatever kind of answer comes out of the void through this apparent apparatus across the interwebs to your ear holes, all right? <laughs> uh, come on in, I see everybody here. Frank Hernandez, Renee is here, who says, you had me at no fucks. This is why I love my supporter group, man. You know, they pay five bucks a month for me to basically torture them with this kind of shit. Have you guys seen the Netflix uh, Black Mirror, the season six, the first episode, Joan is awful? Dude, it's good shit. Literally, spoiler alert, shit is involved. Um, okay, before I forget, I, I wanna talk about a couple things that people just people keep asking me about. And honestly, I don't give a fuck about either of them, but why not? Let's pretend that Zubin, the person with the personality who's a separate self, cares about this relative illusion of a dream world, all right? So let's operate on that assumption. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., okay, running for president. He's a Kennedy, son of Bobby Kennedy. Blue blood, pedigree, all the things, American royalty in that way, right? Um, running for president, goes on Rogan, three-hour thing, I'll tell you how much of, a, of it I watched, zero. Do you know why? Because I know about fucking Robert F. Kennedy Jr. because I've known about him for years through his anti-vaccine uh, advocacy. Now, the guy is an environmental lawyer. He's not a scientist, all right? Now, <laughs> this guy, all right. So people are like, uh, you know, he said all this stuff on Rogan and then Peter Hotez talked a lot of shit on, and Peter Hotez has been on my show a couple of times. Um, physician, scientist, pediatrician out of UT Houston, I think. Uh, talking a lot of shit online uh, about this, calling it misinformation and all of that. And so Rogan got pissed and was like, well, Peter, you've been on my show, like come back and debate RFK on my show and I'll moderate and I'll give $100,000 to charity if you do this. And then other billionaires pile on and they're like, oh, I'll throw in into this. And so now it's like all this stuff. Uh, and and okay, I'll, let me just tell you what I think, okay? First of all, anything, anytime RFK Jr. opens his mouth about vaccines, it's probably wrong. With the exception of what he says about maybe COVID boosters being unnecessary. I don't know if he says that, but if he says that, if he's like aligned with what Vinay and I have been saying about um, COVID vaccinations and people who have immunity and are young and all that being not necessary, certainly shouldn't be mandated, I agree with him. If he thinks the you know medical industrial complex is a problem, I agree with him. If he thinks you know again like there's there's captured interests and all that, I agree with him. I mean he's an environmental justice lawyer or whatever that means, so he's used to that. That kind of advocacy, great, wonderful. I agree, I agree. Um, he has pictures of himself with his ripped abs lifting weights in L.A. as part of his whole machismo thing. Wonderful. It's great to see a liberal not being a pussy. That's great. Wonderful. All great. Love that. Okay open your mouth about childhood vaccines, which he's been doing for years, and it's fucking poisonous lies. That's just it. Delusional bullshit comes out of his mouth. And that delusional bullshit through the Children's Defense Fund or whatever the fuck his pseudo charity is, is damaging 
to public health, period. It just is. That's what you want to know what I think. This is what I think. And it's, and it's, I don't, this is not my own opinion. This is based on seeing what he said. So the guy, as far as I'm concerned, has zero credibility in the scientific space of vaccines. Um, and to further this, you could say, well, okay, so who do I trust in the vaccine space? Well, I'll, I'll say what I think about Peter Hotez. I don't like the way Peter's behaved on Twitter because he's become increasingly COVIDian, increasingly partisan, increasingly strident in this way that I find really distasteful. And I find it doesn't convince anybody that isn't already convinced. If you have a, and Peter's done great work on neglected tropical diseases, on developing low cost vaccines for the developing world. Like this is beautiful work, like incredible. So you can understand why Peter wants you know, uh, uh, some degree of exposure because it helps that work. It helps get funding for that work and that sort of thing. Very important, great advocacy, beautiful. Don't like the way that he behaves on Twitter. And I can see why Rogan got triggered because Rogan, I can't listen to Rogan anymore because his bias is so clear too. And he doesn't recognize it. So it's kind of like he's captured by his own audience. We all have this problem, right? Um, and I'll tell you, I was, I had experience with audience capture. I've had experience with being, uh, quite biased and not recognizing it. And now I see it all, it's all bullshit. There's no true view actually in any sense. So zero fucks are given about all that. And I don't care if you fucking subscribe or don't subscribe or hit share or mash the like button that helps push the video out. I just couldn't give two fucks. I'm at a place in my life where I don't give a fuck. So I'm just gonna tell you what I think. And that may even change tomorrow because what I think is just appearance. So who gives a f flying rat's ass about it? But let's talk anyway, since we're here. So um, fucking Rogan loses his mind because Hotez is like, I'm on your show. And now Hotez is like quote tweeting shit about Rogan being misinformation, which let's be honest, this triggers Rogan. Like this is what fucking gets his goat. He doesn't like that shit. And I'll tell you what, he kind of deserves it because the people that he puts on his show are fuckwads a lot of the time about science. And a lot, and, but, the, but they mix it with stuff that's absolutely true that other scientists aren't saying. So you can see why Rogan would be like, yeah, this is great. But then he gets sucked into this bullshit where he's unquestioning. He's not even curious about the opposing view on this. He's just like, tell me more about how fucking vaccines are making my dick limp. It's like, dude, come on, Joe, come on. Like you're a brilliant, interviewer, you're super curious, you're incredibly open. I love your shit about fucking many things, but like about this, I just, it just is unwatchable. So Rogan then gets pissed at Hotez, which I get, because Hotez is behaving like an asshole on Twitter. Um, and and he's super, he's super partisan too, uh, uh, Hotez, which gets you nowhere. The minute you start behaving like that, first of all, you can be immediately recognized as someone who just doesn't fucking understand reality, that there's truth everywhere and there's no truth anywhere. Okay, so check that box for you don't fucking know what you're talking about. And second, you're alienating 50% of the audience. You're purportedly caring to influence. Um, it just doesn't work. So why do it? Even if you're, whatever your political thoughts are, it just doesn't, it, and everybody's doing this now, you know? And by the way, this is why, well, we'll talk about Paul Offit in a second. So, all right. So, <laughs> I didn't mean to go into this much depth on it. Um, so 
Rogan calls out fucking Hotez and says, come and debate and I'll fucking moderate and I'll give you all this money and all this. Okay, let me tell you why on the surface, this sounds great. Yeah, you're supposed to debate things. This is science. You go out and you have arguments and you try to find, you present evidence and you argue the case. You can argue it to the American public, brilliant. You don't debate a fuckwad who has no scientific fucking background, who's been, has a history of distorting facts and lying. So he had a call with Paul Offit like 20 years ago. Paul wrote a great piece on this. Paul, who I trust about vaccines because he gives zero fucks to. And basically had this call and Paul kind of said, yeah, this is the deal with the childhood vaccines. This is the deal with methylmercury and ethylmercury and the distinctions and went through the whole thing, felt really good about the call. And then RFK had just totally fucking flamboozled him, did the whole lawyer thing and presented the thing, you know, Paul Offit is a liar, all this stuff, did this whole thing. Paul's written about it. Like really, Paul is one of the best human beings I know. And RFK just fucking fucked him for no reason, just to advance his own vaccine thing, which he already, a good way to, to understand if someone someone is debating in good faith is ask them, what, could, what, what evidence could be shown to you that would change your mind on vaccines? And there's nothing that will change his mind. And he said so much on a documentary I, I was involved with, I don't know if it's been released yet, but they asked him, so have there ever been a vaccine that you think was helpful to humans? And he, and he looks down and he goes, yeah, I can't think of any. Like, where, are you fucking kidding me? Smallpox? Like, are you high? Uh, so Rogan unquestionably then says, hey, come on, uh, come on, Hotez. Uh, uh, I, I dare you to fucking come debate if you're talking all this shit, which I understand. I understand why he's doing that. He's fucking hurt by this thing, whatever. I'm, again, thought projecting. Who knows what Rogan's thinking? And who fucking cares? Who cares what Joe Rogan thinks about anything? Really? Who cares what I think? Think for your fucking self. Jesus Christ, America. Anyways, sorry. I get a little volatile these days. Maybe too much fucking whatever. Um, so Rogan's calling out Hotez. Now, here's the thing. Why, why on the surface sounds like a great idea. Hotez is being a pussy for not stepping up. Why would, is he scared of RFK? Like I have good friends texting me going, oh, no wonder fucking Hotez is scared. Look at, uh, look at, and this was a joke, but look at, look at uh, RFK's muscles, man, in this picture. It's like, dude, here's the deal with debating fucking ass clowns like this. It's not a debate. At this point, it just becomes a spectacle that elevates the ass clown to the level of a scientist, which he's not. And the way that RFK will debate you is as a lawyer. So he will bring a shit ton of bullshit, cherry picked nonsense, like he does on Rogan and just go this and this study and this study and this and refute this. Well, if that's true, well then refute this. Okay, so RFK, what would change your mind? Oh, well, what about this? What about this? Refute this. And of course, a good scientist would wanna carefully review every single study and give you all the reasoning why it's, a, well, you can't do that in that scenario. So it becomes a fucking spectacle that elevates this guy to equivalency with a world expert on vaccines. And I understand the skepticism about expertise. That I get, I understand it. it. It came to a head during COVID when the experts were total fucking asswads about so much shit. Oh, let's mandate fucking vaccines. And I bet you fucking Hotez had a hand in this. I mean, who knows, like these experts that are just fucking so COVIDian about shit. Let's mandate vaccines, even if you've had documented immunity, documented COVID infection. Do you know how much damage that did to the credibility of public health? Because Americans, as idiotic as they are, they're not fucking idiots. See the paradox in every statement? 
They could see right through that and go, well, this doesn't make sense. Now I can't believe anything these assholes say. Well, now you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but that's what humans do. So you don't debate a fuckwad like RFK Jr. on Rogan, who is clearly fucking biased. Like, do you think he's gonna actually be a fair moderator of a debate? Does he know how to do a scientific debate? It's a spectacle. And he has every right to invite him and offer money and all that. That's all fine. He has every right to offer all that shit. <laughs> Kim, that's a funny comment. Ask RFK about children driving over bridges. All right, um, so that said, uh, that's what I think about RFK. If he becomes president, that's all fine. That's great. It's probably better than Trump and Biden, honestly, but I fucking don't know. They're all the same. It's all the fucking same, but... He has no business opening his mouth about vaccines, debating anybody about vaccines. He's a fucking liar. This is what he did to Paul off it. He went out and lied and said, Paul made $186 million from developing the rotavirus vaccine, which by the way, has saved countless lives. And I talked to Paul and Paul was like, oh no, actually that's not what I made. And I was like, oh my God, you're kidding. Like it wasn't anything like that, nothing like that. And by saying that, a shit ton of anti-vaccine lunatics started attacking Paul Offit, his family, giving him death threats, stalking him, all kinds of crazy shit. Why? Because RFK Jr. is a fucking liar. So this is a guy that people wanna fucking elevate and go, yeah, you know what? I mean, look, dude, every fucking politician's a liar. In a way, it's a perfect fit. Fucking elect him president. I don't give a fuck. Do whatever you want, dude, but just don't ask me about RFK Jr. again because I will fucking throat punch you virtually through the ethernet. <laughs> Who the fuck is texting me when I'm doing a live? Oh my God, all right. So, all right, that was RFK. Let me see if there's, um, if there's any, I don't wanna fucking read your comments. All right, next thing I wanna talk about. I'm in a mood today, no fucks Friday, people. My, my mom's probably watching this. She only watches YouTube. So usually I behave like this, this authentically, <laughs> meaning this is how I am uh, on Instagram because, or Facebook, because my mom doesn't watch those, but my mom watches this. So she's probably writing a list of things she's gonna yell at when I have my good son weekly call with her um, tomorrow. Um, this submarine thing, uh, I don't know, it's been really in the news. It's really quite compelling, captivating story, right? That these guys go down in this submersible and do, and you know, going to look at the Titanic, which I knew was kind of happening. I vaguely knew about this, but I didn't know the details of it. And as you know, somebody who's fascinated by these kind of weird things, I was like, wow, that's fucking crazy story. Like, what's even going on before we knew what had happened? Um, but there's a couple of things, all right? The people who signed up for this thing knew what they were getting into. They signed a fucking big, thick thing. Um, yeah, there was a 19 year old on, but that's an adult, came with his dad. These are rich motherfuckers, very privileged to be able to do this shit. And they're going with a dude who's a bit of a used car salesman, but believes what he's saying, right? And for all the emails that are coming out, it's kind of like, mm, there are a lot of motherfuckers warning you. When James Cameron takes a shit on you, things are getting real. Cause you know, here's the difference. This fucking thing is made of carbon fiber and titanium. My bike is made of carbon fiber and titanium. And I wouldn't think to ride my bike to a two and a half mile depth under the North Atlantic. It just doesn't seem a viable strategy for the bike surviving the journey. Because at those depths, the pressure, 
You know when you dive 10 feet in the bottom of a pool, your shit is fucking, your ears are popping, you're feeling bad, okay? Well, just multiply that by whatever. And that's what's the pressure on the hull of these submersibles. It's really unbelievable. It's the weight of an Eiffel Tower on the craft, okay? So you need something that's going to withstand that safely. And if you look at this thing, you can kind of go, okay, he's got a joystick running it. That's fine. There's some drones that do that. You know, these joysticks are actually the perfect thing to control a lot of shit. That's why they're so good at playing video games and fine control and all that. Wonderful. There's not a lot of fucking control you have in a vehicle like that, actually. It's just a lot of gravity and buoyancy and things like that. So that said, carbon fiber titanium, <laughs> it seems a little shoddy. When you compare it to James Cameron's deep sea challenger craft that he took into the Mariana Trench, which is like 36,000 feet deep, this was something close to 13,000, but the thing imploded even less than that. Um, that thing is made of a unique material they developed that's like a foam with little glass beads in it. And the foam is compressible. So as the craft descends, the forces actually compress it. It loses like inches and inches and inches of volume as it's compressed. And Cameron's sitting in a little cabin like this big, like running the thing. And, 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 and he dives into that deep, fucking abyss. It's really a huge accomplishment, actually. Like the guy's a real Renaissance man, like a huge, I mean, as much, I, I never even saw Titanic, the movie, to be honest, because I was just, I was too busy just falling in love with Celine, you know? Near, far, wherever you are. That just fucking happened because it's no fuck Friday. <laughs> so he's doing this shit and these guys are going in a carbon fiber titanium bicycle and bad shit's gonna happen. Now, at first I was like, okay, this is a survivable thing. They probably just lost communication. That's happened. Maybe something happened because the thing seemed pretty rickety. I didn't think it had imploded. Um, but then you find out, mm, actually at the time it happened, the US Navy with this super secret set of audio sensors on the ocean floor heard it. And it must sound pretty loud <clears throat> when Eiffel Towers squeeze you into just so the good news is death was instant. The bad news is they may have had warning because the craft had sensors to see when the hull is starting to get compromised. All it takes is a tiny little thing where water infiltrates and then the whole integrity collapses instantly. That's the theory anyways. So K-Boss says, your singing scared my cat. That's what I do, K-Boss. My God, K-Boss sounds like a fucking local radio station. K-Boss 99.6 on your FM dial. Singing to make your cat cry. Z-Dog MD in the morning hour. Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Dog and the bone. Um, Bearcat says, we all died in a homemade submarine and singing it to we all live in a yellow submarine. Okay, hashtag too soon and also hashtag too late. Uh, both simultaneously. Hold paradox. It's a key thing to spiritual growth. As a Canadian here, I apologize for Justin Bieber, Neil Young, and Celine Dion. Okay, Julie, but do you apologize for Brian Adams? No. Do you apologize for Alanis Morissette? Probably. Do you apologize for Rush? You better fucking not because they're the greatest band of all time. Okay? Invisible airwaves, crackle with life, bright antenna, 
bristle with the energy. So the submarine, and now they're talking about possibly pulling out human remains and stuff. I mean, I don't wanna know what those look like. And there are medical examiners that look at this stuff. It's kind of crazy that even anything recognizable would be pulled out of a craft that was um, flattened by pressures beyond imagination. Um, little Buck Rogers reference there for old people like me. Andrew Dunbar says, Z-Dog singing the first instance of No Fucks Friday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what else do we got here? Um, <laughs> Kim talking about Biden on BiPAP. Um, all right, so hit me up with some of your comments and questions. What do you wanna talk about? We I talked about the things that people have been bothering me about. And No Fucks Friday continues. There's still a little time to give No Fucks. My wife just texted says she's on her way home. So that means I have to show up at some point and we gotta do uh, dinner and do all the things. Uh, oh, funny little things that happened to me recently. Getting recognized is always kind of interesting and fun. And I used to take it very um, weirdly. Um, <clears throat> when I would get recognized in public, I'd be like, dude, first of all, I would get a weird grasping sensation like, ah, maybe this is a thing. Maybe I should do more videos. Maybe I could have all this influence and, and, and you know, this is all unconscious. And I would get really weird about it, like this kind of FOMO, like one person would recognize me and I get FOMO, like maybe I should be recognized. This is years ago. I should be recognized more. And this is what happens when you believe you're a separate self with an ego walking around and you think things matter. Well, none of that is true. So now when I get recognized, so we were at the Santa Cruz beach boardwalk with my kids, my wife was working and I'm basically, you know, fucking no fucks every day. So I take my kids to the beach boardwalk because they're off on, on in, um, for the summer. All their friends are doing different camps and Kumon and math and all this. And I'm like, fuck no, you kids are gonna be kids and you're gonna be kids with your man kid dad. And we're just gonna have zero fucks. We're gonna do all the things. We're gonna hike, we're gonna have fun. We're gonna go to Target, spend all day puttering around Target. That's what we did this morning, actually. I got recognized in Target. So anyways, I got recognized at the beach boardwalk because I'm walking with my kids and I hear Z-Dog. I look around and there's this whole family and uh, the dad and the mom, and they explain very quickly that mom's an RRT and dad is, um, I forget what he did in healthcare and the kids. So they're talking, they're saying, we love your shit during COVID. It's just so great. It's just such a great thing to meet you. And normally I'd be fucking a little like, you know, or like whatever. And instead I was like, dude, how awesome is this? Like to be able to connect with total strangers in a place where I don't live and feel like, hey, on some level, this is all one thing, even in the relative, that there's that much interconnection. And I was just like filled with joy. And it wasn't a personal joy. It wasn't like, oh my God, they recognize me. It was like, holy shit, like it's all just fucking perfect, intertwined, joyous. Then I took a look at the kids, their kids, and they were like this, looking fucking so uncomfortable. And I was like, this is hilarious. So I, I, I go, okay, I'm gonna wrap it up quick. I'm not even gonna do selfies and all that because these kids are fucking, they're gonna die. They're cringing so hard. I was like, I could really torture them. Like I could start talking. I mean, and I would torture their kids to death. I mean, it was that obvious that they were miserable. So, but, so I was picking up that vibe. So I was like, hey, it's great to meet you. So then I walk on with my kids and my kids were like, dude, we were making eye contact with their kids. That was so fucking cringy, dad. It was like a bunch of boomers fucking jerking each other off basically. And she didn't say that, but that's what she was saying. And I'm like, hey, first of all, I'm not a boomer, okay? Gen X, best generation. That's what I am, not a boomer, okay? 
I'm neither of the two worst generations. I am not a boomer and I am not a millennial, okay? Gen Z, Gen X, fuck yeah. Everyone else can suck it. So yeah, they were like, dude, they were looking at me like, please make your dad stop. And uh, that brought so much joy to me to fuck with these kids in that way. It brought so much joy. So thank you to the family who recognized me at Santa Cruz if you're watching. Okay, number next. So today I'm at Target. My kids are buying a bunch of socks and stuff because we're going to Japan next month and we'll be doing shows from Japan and all this, trying to do interviews and different things. So that said, I, I'm walking through an aisle myself. My kids are somewhere else looking at stuff because Target is the fucking shit. It's Target, come on. Target, are you watching? I would like to be sponsored like Gobble sponsors this show. Gobble.com forward slash ZDogMD for six free meals. It's meal prep that I use. It's awesome for 36 bucks and a free cookie and free shipping. I did it. I gave the shout out. I actually love those guys. I don't even need to do that. I just fucking love them. All right, that said, um, this woman is with another woman and they have two strollers and they poke their head around the corner of one of the aisles and she goes, do I know you? And I'm wearing a hat and stuff and I'm like, maybe she recognizes, maybe she doesn't. And I was like, I don't know, do you? And she's looking at me, making eye contact looking and and, uh, and she's like, are you like up at UCSF? And I was like, well, no, not currently. I go, where else might you know me from? And I'm like playing Socratic method. And she's like, I don't know. I feel like, I, I'm like, do you go on the internet? She's like, yeah. I'm like, ever do any social media stuff? She's like, oh my God, you're that guy. Oh my God. And then it was like, oh, you know, recognition. You're Doc Vader. You're the dude who was talking about vaccines during COVID. So this was a, I can't give her name or anything, but she works with children in immunocompromised situations and uh, was like, oh man, when you talk about childhood vaccines, like the best thing. And, and um, because, you know, these people who won't vaccinate their kids put my patients at risk, right? That's the thing with childhood vaccines. It's not like COVID vaccines where you're not hurting anybody if you don't get vaccinated. You're just hurting yourself if you are a high risk and haven't had COVID which is a certain population, not everybody. So that all said, um, we're, we have this connection. And then her friend was like, oh my God, yeah, I recognize you too. So then her friend, like I'm looking at these kids and like there's these twins in a stroller. And I'm like, wow, these kids are cute. So we start talking about our twins. Then I look at the other kid and okay, I crap you negative. This kid was sitting in the cart, right? Not in a stroller, in the cart and had the most insanely beautiful red hair. It was like a superhero's red hair. It was like this, like stunning. And was just radiating love. And I couldn't, I was like, I would have put the kid at like less than a year, maybe a year, uh, like was looked like a really young kid. And there was something about this kid. I, 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 it, you know, you, you become sensitive to these things, like the more you go down the awakening rabbit hole, whatever that is, it's not a thing. And uh, and I just was like, oh my God, energetically, this kid, there's something with this kid. So I just lock eye contact with this kid and I'm like, and who is this? I mean, in it, I was worried they were gonna think I was creepy because this kid, this little boy was like, there's something going on. And she's telling me as I'm looking at this child, she's like, oh, he has a really rare 
genetic condition that was a spontaneous arising mutation and it's on chromosome this and so on. I'm trying not to um, give too much information just in case someone might recognize. And, um, and you know, he's defied the doctor's predictions and is, you know, he's actually three years old. And literally the kid doesn't look a day over 12 months, like really young. And she was like, yeah, and it's just been really a journey. And I'm just looking at this kid going, this kid, and the kid's just locking eyes with me like, like this. And I, I, I swear, like I was getting goosebumps. I'm like, who is this kid? The kid was just empty, brilliant, unconditional radiance. Um, and I don't even know why I'm telling this story, but I was just so just like, wow. I told his mom too, I'm like, this kid. And she's like, yeah. Um, and it just was like an expression of how how the infinite just shows up in the in the apparently flawed finite. Like this kid who has this, you know, very difficult, rare diagnosis, and there's nobody that really even knows much about this and so on, and is showing up as just pure love, like radiance, like it's indescribable. Like I'm trying to describe something that's not describable. It's energetic. Um, so I guess all this is to say, I don't mind being recognized in this way, like in public. It opens these kind of cracks in the universe where things just connect. It's really kind of beautiful. It's so different than when I was so personality bound and ego driven and, you know, I can see it so clearly. And if there's still aspects of that that arise, like I'd be lying if <clears throat> those kind of validation seeking things don't arise. Um, but it's held very lightly, you know, it's held very lightly. And this is why when I see, I guess to bring it circle, like this is why when I see like Rogan and RFK and Hotez and these guys behaving like this, it just feels like ego, all of it, you know? It's got a signature. And when I talk to Paul Offit on my show or otherwise, it just feels like someone who's looking for truth, you know, open-minded even with the bias that he has. Uh, so it's a very different signature. Um, and again, a lot of it is energetic. And I, when I say that, it sounds like woo-woo, but it's a intuition. It's a kind of feeling that you get. And you guys know what I mean when I'm talking about energy. Everything is energy. Um, it's a palpable, indescribable experience. Like when I was interacting with this child. Um, yeah. Serenity says, yeah, it's a signature. Yeah, exactly. Vicky Doc, yeah, all the connections are what it's about. It's just seen more clearly. So people also will ask, well, why, why should I even you know, try to, <clears throat> you can't try to wake up, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's, you, you can, you can try anything you want, but the you that's doing it is suddenly, ultimately seen to have not existed. So what wakes up? Is awakening even a thing? Well, we have to talk about things. So we say it is, but in reality, it's not. But so why would you even <clears throat> be interested in that kind of loss of self and the loss of your entire world and the loss, the falling away of identity? I mean, it's traumatic for the, for the separate self. It really is. It's hard. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Well, on the other side of that is seeing clearly, seeing truth, seeing the appearance as empty and full infinitely, seeing everything and nothing happening and not happening 
seeing that time and space are entirely constructions of the mind, which means there was no birth and no death, only this, always and eternally, and seeing it, <laughs> seeing it as life itself, seeing life itself. And the you was seen to always just be a character, a appearance. And it's life looking at life through these eyes, through all eyes. And when you look at a, at a child in Target, you know, who's the daughter of someone who recognizes you, and you, you know that what's looking through those eyes is the same as what's looking through yours and meeting itself. Uh, that's where the words stop. All right, so on that note, have a lovely 4th of July weekend. I guess Tuesday's 4th of July. Um, do do me a favor, actually, this is helpful because I noticed YouTube has just kind of clamped down on us because we don't really, haven't really done a lot of stuff lately except for shorts and clips and things. If you see a video of ours that you like, just hit that like button and leave a comment or share it or whatever. It just juices the algorithm. So if you think this kind of way of being is useful for people to see, more eyes will see it if you do that. So it's our way of being connected is, but you have to feel it. Like you have to feel like, yeah, I want people to see this kind of thing. Hit like and leave a comment, share it. Subscribe is actually a big deal. I know you may follow me on Facebook or which is much bigger uh, for our audience, but YouTube is really important because it's high quality, it's an archive, it's searchable. The algorithm is supernatural. It serves you videos that you need to see and you can help that algorithm by subscribing and turning on your notifications, leaving a comment, hitting like, it really is a beautiful kind of act of love if you do that, if you feel it. If you don't, well, fuck me, man, who cares? Tell me to fuck off. Um, <laughs> all right, I love you guys. I, I, dude, you're awesome too, Lori. All right, and early birthday for Ashley. Thanks for uh, mentioning it, Tracy. And we are out. Peace.